guys, I love y'all so much and I hope that today's message encourages you. Be sure and like and subscribe if you are tuning in on YouTube. Comment down below what you learned in today's message and what other topics you'd like to hear talked about moving forward. And if you're tuning in via Apple or Spotify, be sure and download, rate, review. We love reading your reviews and it actually helps us as we prepare for messages to come. And make sure to turn on your push notifications so that you can know whenever episodes come out as we have new episodes every single Wednesday. Guys, I love y'all and I hope you enjoy the show. Hey there, Emma Mae McDaniel here. This podcast is powered by the Converge Podcast Network. What's up? What's up? Awesome and loved and valued humans. Welcome to the Have You Heard podcast. I'm your host, Emma Mae McDaniel, and I am so stoked that y'all are here. I hope that everybody had just the best Christmas. I hope you ate lots of good food. I hope your heart is also full with quality time with sweet people and just being reminded of how great of a gift God has given us in his son, Jesus. And guys, this is really exciting. We are talking about how to not go about your new year's resolutions, putting a twist on it. And to do that, I am having my uncle Josh on the podcast with us, who is a marriage and family therapist at, and owns a council center here locally in Virginia called Tasso Counseling and this is going to be just a very rich conversation that I am so very much looking forward to as we've had so many conversations throughout the years that have blessed me so I hope this is one that I know I'll be blessed by but also many people tuning in will too so friends grab your headphones and let's get into the word the podcast. I'm so glad you're in person with me. I am glad to be here. Oh, well, if we're talking about how to not go about our New Year's resolutions, I feel like it's very fitting for our first question to be, do you have any New Year's resolutions? Wow. Uh, I do, actually. Um, This year, um, it's centered more around my personal relationship with the Lord. Um, and I want to be intentional about my prayer time. Uh, that's one of the things that has I have always struggled with uh, is my prayer time uh, with the Lord. And so I'm trying to be intentional about having a morning prayer and an evening prayer. Uh, and it's like it's an idea we grew up with. Uh, it's like, you know, saying your prayers in the morning, saying them before bed uh, at night. Uh, but I... Somewhere along the way, uh, overcomplicated them uh, into being, uh, I, I don't want to say pharisaical, but it's like I felt like they needed to have more substance. Um, and instead of focusing just on that consistency in conversation with the Lord, uh, I started to focus on making sure it had a lot of depth. Um, yeah. And really missed out on the depth of the relationship in the process. So my resolution is to be consistent with that prayer time uh, for him. Morning and evening prayer. Morning and evening prayer. Uh, a, a daily walk. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think, I know I find myself doing that with people even too. Like sometimes feel like, man, I didn't have a deep enough conversation with that person. And then I like, neglect how awesome the conversation was, though, what we did talk about. Yep. I've never even thought about that, though, in just conversation with the Lord. Yes, because it, when you think about your interactions and your relationships with other people, um, if you only had deep conversations, mm-hmm. that would be exhausting. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so it's like I mean, you think about it in this way. If you get on an elevator and there's a person you don't know uh, and they just go right to the core talking about the deep things in their life, you're probably like, uh, oh, look, this is my stop. <laughs> time to time to get off the elevator. Uh, it's it's too much because the relationship's not there. Yeah. The beauty of a deep relationship, a connected relationship is not that you're deep all the time, is that you can go there when needed. And so sometimes it's just the simple conversations, just the greetings, just the hi, just the, you know, how's the football team doing? The things that 
don't really have much uh, as far as purpose and meaning, but are fun parts of our life uh, that help us get through. Wow. With the ability to go to the deep core mm-hmm. when necessary. And so that's the, uh, a beautiful connected relationship can operate and weave in and out of all areas without the boundary being there. That's the best. So, yes. That's like, that's some of my favorite relationships with people is the people that I can like crack up over things about. Like we just laugh over the silliest things. And then in a matter of moments, we're talking about the deepest stuff and yes. it's just a flow. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, um, the best explanation of that I've ever seen uh, was an experience I had one time when I was in college and one of our um, college mates had uh, died uh, in a, a tragic accident uh, and had drowned. Uh, and so he was uh, in our fraternity. He was the president, actually. Um, and so we all just all over the country came to uh, their house in Oklahoma and was there for uh, the funeral. And there was this night before the funeral where we all met at one of the guys that lived there at their house. And we were all in the living room, probably 80, 90 of us all together. And we just started telling what we called Randall stories and the stories of Randall. And some of these stories were, you know, serious and like meaningful. Some of them were absolutely ridiculous and hilarious and we would laugh and laugh and laugh and then there were times in which we would cry and it was just there was this maneuvering of not so serious to really really deep and hard and then back to the funny uh parts of that interaction and it was just uh healing uh to be able to maneuver in and out of that without the this is what this time is for you know, share your story, you know, and it, not the structured thing. It was just a, a dialogue, a discourse, a process of grieving a friend. Wow. That, it just makes me think about how God is, yes, above all, he's the King of Kings. He is our Lord and he's worthy of our fear and reverence. And at the same time, he's our friend, our best friend that sticks closer than a brother. And Romans 5 talks about how because of Christ, our friendship with God has been restored. And I think that sometimes we do forget that. We think that he's like so high and exalted, but not also fully present. And he's both. Yes. Mm-hmm. and But that's the thing, Emma. It's like there's so many times and, and it's not just specific people that do this, but like all of us do this on some level, in some capacity, we tend to operate on extremes. So it's like either yeah, God true. is friend and that is who he is, or God is, you know, overarching judge and he's ready to smite me. And it's like, the reality is, is that he is an all powerful creator and our friend. It's like Jesus is divine and human. And it's that idea in which we mm-hmm. have to somehow separate or divide the sacred and the secular when it's like no there's there's a combination of what's happening here it's like it's a yes and instead of a either or uh and so many times we want that extreme and we want that separation when it's like no it's actually it's actually both it's actually both and being able to have that integration is a huge part of being able to see the whole picture Mm-hmm. Uh, which is important. Anytime you're doing goal setting, you're having, you know, working with relationships, you're about to start a new job. Like, like it doesn't matter what it is. It's like if you are way too linear or too uh, zeroed in on a particular focus, you'll miss out on that uh, peripheral vision of, of all the other things that are going on that make this what it is. Josh, that's so good. I want to like build on that. Okay. So going linear, being like zoned in on one thing. I think that that happens in regard to New Year's resolutions because we so badly want to start something new, but we're living in what we did yesterday. We're living in the things that we didn't do right. We're living in the things we wish we did differently. And therefore the idea of having a fresh start sounds 
awesome. And it may even last for a month and a half, that new goal that we're striving for, but it fizzles out because mentally we're still in yesterday. That's where we're zoned in. Can you talk to me about like, have you ever experienced like setting a new goal and you couldn't step forward into it because you were in yesterday and like how that robbed you of being fully present? Yeah. No, regret is a a toughie, as I would like to say. It's It's a difficult one because there's so much of that painful process of experiencing what it's like to not be enough uh, and and trying to, <laughs> to, to prove oneself that you are enough. And the hard part about that is if you are successful and you prove yourself that you are enough by doing whatever the thing is, you've set up this standard that in order to feel enough, I have to do the thing. Right. And so yeah. if I don't do the thing, then I'm not enough. And so in a way, uh, it's bad for you either way. It's like mm-hmm. if you don't do it, then you're living in this regret because you didn't do it. If you do do it and then you're living in this expectation of having to perform in order to you know, have that knowledge that, hey, I did the thing. Um, mm-hmm. and, and either way, you've set yourself up for failure. Uh, which is weird because, like, that's the totally opposite <laughs> of what a resolution is supposed to be, right? And yeah. the idea of a new year, you know, this new birth, this new thing, um, these new goals, these new resolutions is the idea of creating something new that is positive for you in your life. Hmm. You know, and I it's love like, the way you put things. Yeah, well, it's, it's that idea of being able to have the right frame of mind of this mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to achieve. If this, ha- if this is my goal, what am I trying to achieve by setting this goal? And then if this goal doesn't achieve those things, then, then it's lost its purpose and its meaning, right? Mm-hmm. And so if I'm going to have a resolution that I am then working towards then I want even the process of working towards that resolution to be something that's life-giving. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. that, and that's where we get stuck is the regret piece. Mm-hmm. So going back to what you said, it's like being able to move beyond that place of regret into a place of saying, okay, I'm going to be resolved to try to make these shifts and these changes. Uh, and usually what happens is we have an expectation of perfection mm-hmm. instead of this idea that we're trying to shift into a new pattern of behavior. And those are yeah. two completely different concepts, because if you have an expectation of, of you know, perfection, then you might do well till about January 3rd. Maybe the fourth if you're, you know, really killing it, right? <laughs> you know, but at some point you're going to wake up sore or you're going to be uh, frustrated about, you know, you know how this is. Like when, you, okay, I'm going to go work out. I'm going to go to the gym. You go to the gym on December you know, 29th. It's fine. Nobody's there, right? <laughs> it's still the holidays. It's still the holidays. We have plenty of reasons not to go. You go there January 2nd. The parking lot's full. There's so many people there. There's not a treadmill open. You know, there's that guy that's taking up the weights, and there's this guy that's resting on the, you know, the bicep curl machine. It's like, okay, I'm sitting here (laughs) waiting the majority of the time and not getting this stuff done. And it's like any type of little um, barrier Mm. to that process of trying to make this shift and change can be a deterrent of you actually achieving the the resolution that you set out for. Yeah. Uh, and so like all of that stuff is trying to push back. And so whenever you are receiving that, that pushback, it's so easy to slide back into what we were before the homeostasis of whatever that was. Mm-hmm. Right. The problem is, is if we have an expectation of perfection, we have given ourselves no grace period or no grace at to be all. able to do yeah exactly yeah. at all so it's like i have to sit here and wait on this guy to get off the machine even though he's not working out he's just sitting there resting 
if I'm going to complete the task that I have set out before me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I mean, we only are willing to do that for, for so long. And then once we've broken that cycle and we're no longer perfect in that, then it's like uh, nine times out of ten, the resolution's broken and, uh, you know, we're not sticking with it. There's a reason why gyms, you know, sell their memberships at the beginning of the year, right? Uh, and there's a reason why whenever you go work out in March, it's pretty clear, you know, mm-hmm. if you could just make it through to March, you can use that machine without any, any interruption. And it's because there's an expectation of perfection. And whenever that is not there, then we're living in the regret or we're living in a, well, that's just not who I am or some sort of justification mm-hmm. to make it okay. Uh, and then we return back to the old pattern of behavior. That's so, that's so true. Mm -hmm. It's so true. We miss out on the journey that it is. And we crave this instant gratification of, okay, I want to get stronger. I want to be this version of myself. And if it doesn't happen within this period of time, then I guess it wasn't for me, or I guess I'm not cut out for it, or maybe next year. And it's, it's a different mindset that happens. And so how do we go from living in regret to learning from our past mistakes and applying that knowledge that we've gained from that experience and making a change. So we're talking about a paradigm shift, mm-hmm. uh, a complete paradigm shift uh, and being able to look at this differently. Uh, because a lot of times, what, how to make this make sense? The, the idea of a double bind is that you're, um, you're not going to be able to move forward either way, Mm -hmm. right? If you're successful, you've set up a expectation that you can't keep. You can't fail. Right. Uh, Or if you've messed it up, then you've broken it. uh, So why keep going? Exactly. Yeah. And so that double bind is, is uh, keeping us locked in place from being able to actually create a new resolution in our life to do something more, to do something different. Uh, so go back and ask yourself, like, what is the purpose of this resolution? Like, what what am I trying to do? Mm-hmm. Um, because the interesting thing is, is like, if you truly ask yourself that, I would be willing to bet that none of you get to that determination of saying the purpose of this resolution is for me to be perfect. Yeah. But that the expectation is there. Mm -hmm. And so how we answer that is we have to create a new paradigm of being able to create these resolutions in. Knowing that you're probably going to blow it at some point. Um, I used the example earlier uh, whenever we were talking of, you know, what if you were to say, I am going to work out every single day this year. Not missing a single day. Not missing a single 365. day. 365. Yes. And like anybody could look at that and like, whoa, that's serious, right? Yeah. That's a big goal. Um, and they could totally respect that. The problem is, is we have set ourselves up to fail right from the get-go. Do you remember why? I think I remember that you were telling me that you don't really block out spaces of permission for you to not work out or to to not meet that goal and because you don't give yourself permission there's like this judgment that you have over over yourself if you do miss a day yes so that judgment of ourselves uh, the hard part of that is like how do we get around that Mm -hmm. and the way we usually get around that is by justifying in some way Uh, And I'm using some extreme example here. Okay. All right. We've decided that we're going to work out every single day this year. We're committed no matter what. We're going to the gym. We can do this, you know, Mm -hmm. and then your kid gets sick or the babysitter calls and they can't come because they're sick or heaven forbid, you know, you have a death in the family. There's a funeral. You're having to work overtime. Um, Like, Name it. There's any number of situations that happen in life that throw our routine completely out of whack. Mm -hmm. And yet, because I've made this resolution, right? Like, this is the way it's going to be. This is how I'm going to do this. I have left zero room for me to be able to maneuver under that. Now, I understand the hesitation 
that people have with allowing a room <laughs> to maneuver on it because we're going to like, ah, I don't have to go, right? Like if yeah. we allow ourselves any room. And that's why we try to overcompensate by saying being strict on these things. Mm-hmm. But it has the exact opposite effect. And the reason is because the paradigm is the same. Right. And so because I've set this expectation that I must do this as soon as something happens and it could be something crazy, ridiculous, you know, a death in the family, a funeral that every person on earth looks at and say, no, of course, you're not going to go work out. No, now of course that makes sense that you wouldn't do that. And you'd be completely justified mm-hmm. in not doing the action that you had set out just that moment. Like, let's say for the rest of the year, you were completely successful, completely perfect. At the end of the year, what are you going to say? I didn't do it that one day. That's it. Yeah, there was that one day. And it it makes sense why I didn't do it, but, you know, it wasn't really the full year, you know, and I'm going to try it again next year. Like, And you totally forget the 364 days you did show up. Exactly, exactly. And so the reason why I'm talking about a paradigm shift is because all of that expectation, uh, that performance, all of it is building on this idea that, in order for me to get the thing that I'm trying to achieve, this is how I have to do it. And that's not true. Mm. Think of it like bending metal, forging metal. I have zero experience <laughs> as a blacksmith. So y'all take that yeah. into account. We need here. to have Uncle Zach <laughs> on here. We do. We do <laughs> have a full uncle podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Be able to, to look at it. It's like whenever we're forging metal, the idea is like, okay, I have this shape in my mind of what I want this to look like. Mm-hmm. And in order to get this shape, I'm going to have to have a process that happens of heating the metal up to a very high temperature of bending the metal of hammering the metal it having cooled off reheating the metal looking at it hammering again bending again there's this process that's taking place to be able to achieve the shape or to achieve the object that you're trying to build here mm-hmm. that's the idea whenever we're looking at resolutions it's not a i'm going to add this new thing and it's going to make me this you know and it does it does not work that way it's like yeah. okay how can i improve myself a little bit more than i what i was yesterday Okay, what if I'm at 45%? What would it take for me to get at 45.02%? What would that look like? So good. Right? Because yeah. that is the idea of what growth looks like. Mm-hmm. And we accept that in every other capacity of our life. When yeah. we talk about education, do we expect first graders to get all the information within that first year? Be done. All right. Now go grab a career. No. no, it's like, OK, well, we're going to talk yeah. about this layer of math. And now you're going to do this in second grade and then we're going to up it in third grade, do some multiplication. You know, now we're going to do a little bit more uh, heavier concept. There's a there's this idea that's built in of growth of this gradual growth. It's the same thing, uh, you know, with investing. Do we mm-hmm. expect to, you know, put our our money into an investment and then look and say, okay, there it is. My investment is mature and I just take it out. You know, no, there's like a, an understanding of, look, there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. You know, you, any given day, you look at the stock market and you could either freak out or say, Hey man, things are going great depending on the (laughs) day. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, but we want to look at, okay, yeah, but what are the 10 year trends? The 20-year trends. You know, yeah, there's some ups and downs, but let's look at this as a whole. Yet we do not do that as our own individual selves, right? We we have this expectation that, okay, see, name, change, done. Instead of understanding that there's a see, name, change, look, adjust. I think in our previous conversation I had talked about, you know, this idea of aiming. Oh, yeah, that's so good. Right? Uh-huh. The idea of, okay, I'm going to look, and where do I sh- want to shoot? I want to shoot over there. So then I'm going to aim over there, and I'm going to take a breath. I'm going to shoot. 
I'm going to go look and assess where I shot. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to say, okay, wait, I need to make an adjustment left or right and aim the sights, zero it in. Yeah. Right. And then I'm going to shoot again, aim, shoot again. Well, I'm a little bit left now. Okay. I'm going to adjust again. There's this idea of identifying goal, shooting, and then adjusting the trajectory in every aspect of our life. And yet we have this expectation that I want to hit that target over there and focus, hit target. Ah, I didn't hit the target. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy of shooting at those targets anyway. I should have known better. I don't even know why I was expecting to hit it. And we just rail ourselves with those thoughts of not good enough. And it keeps us from being able to make the shifts and changes. And that is what a resolution is. Mm -hmm. Resolution is the word I use whenever I'm working with marriages and couples. Whenever they're having an argument or a fight, it's like, okay, what's the purpose of the fight? What's the purpose of the argument? And, you know, many will say, well, to be right, right? <laughs> if she would just listen to me, this is obviously I what we need to I want to prove my point. Exactly. I have a point. Just listen, right? And we, <laughs> and we have this focus of like, this is what I want to do. I want to prove myself right. But that whole idea is, is messed up because the focal point is on self and not on the idea of the relationship. It goes back to the idea of the paradigm. If we're going to shift our understanding of what the resolution is for, we have to change how we approach it. If in our relationship, in our relationship, if we're going to work together, then we have to change how we argue. It's like if if I'm going to identify, well, the purpose of this argument is to identify the best choice of where our kids go to school. You know, and it's like, okay, well, why did you come up with that conclusion? What is it that you're taking into account? What's going on there? And like, if at any point pride is a part of that process, it's not going to work. Mm -hmm. That humility has to be there. It's like taking on the understanding and the concept that I could be wrong is important. Yeah. Because if you're going to create better, new, then refinement is a part of the process. Mm-hmm. Right? Back to the blacksmithing analogy, right? Yeah. If we're going to get to the shape that we want, refinement is a part of the process. If we're going to you know, get that metal to its purest form, the refining process is a part of it. It's the same thing with relationship. It's the same thing with us individually. That understanding of the refinement process but so many times we find ourselves in a place of judgment. Mm-hmm. It's like, if she would just listen to me, then this wouldn't be an issue. But she won't. And therefore, we're stuck. Or if I could just do this better, then I wouldn't be struggling so much with this sin, with this particular struggle, with this particular desire that I want to see happen. But I can't because I'm I'm not, I'm stuck. I'm not good enough. And you live in that place of regret of what you're not Mm -hmm. or that regret of what you are instead of actually seeing the process of what that looks like. It's one thing to understand, okay, the idea of 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. I was reading that this morning. We are a new creation. This is who we are. That's our identity, right? It's it's one thing to be able to know that this is my identity. It's another thing to live in that identity. So that has been identified. What does it look like to live into that place, live in it? Have you ever read the book um, Goliath Must Fall? No. By Louis Giglio. No. Yes. You need to pick it up. Okay. It is an amazing book. Um, not anything overly complicated as far as concepts go, but I absolutely love what he does in there in, in the reference towards David and Goliath. Because mm-hmm. so many times we look and we read that story, we hear a sermon about that story, and it's like, uh, okay, you know, here's David, and you know, he took these five stones and he faced this huge giant, right? And you too can but face David the giant go. in your life, yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, what he does is he says, no, 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 you're not David. Jesus is David. 
You are that scared soldier that's been hiding behind that tent for the last two weeks. That's you. Okay. You're the one yeah. that won't come out every time Goliath is crying out and you're hiding under the, the tent. That's you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And being able to see that shift all of a sudden, it's like uh, when you see David take on the giant in your life, slay the giant in your life. What then happened to the soldiers? They were emboldened. Yeah. They didn't stay behind the tents. They picked up their swords. They ran right in, right? They acted because of what David had done. It's the same idea whenever we look at and be able to see Christ at work within us. We are this new creation. If we're living in that place of being a new creation, mm-hmm. these are the decisions that, that are moving us towards acting that out. If I make a decision, I want to resolve to do these new things. It's not an expectation of perfection. Yeah. It's uh, I'm not operating in order to prove myself. I'm not doing this thing in order to have value. I'm doing this because... I have value Mm -hmm. and it's in light of the value that Christ has already identified. It's already determined. It's already there. It's predetermined. And I'm living out of that value that's been shown to me. And it's like, uh, so good. The book itself. I mean, I have to go. Louie does a great job of explaining it. There's like a DVD series where he goes into more detail. It's, it's a really good read, uh, a really good resource for anybody that's looking to really, uh, tackle the giants in their life and understanding that this is not giants that you have to tackle. Christ has tackled these things. And to be able to live under that promise mm-hmm. is a completely different paradigm shift. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network and is sponsored in part by... I love the holidays, as I'm sure that y'all do too. And one of my favorite things about the holidays is, yes, you get to receive a lot of fun things, but I love even more so the beauty of giving. And I have an incredible opportunity for y'all to give that I believe will be world-changing. I've gotten to partner with Compassion International, which is a nonprofit organization that has partnered with local churches for the purpose of relieving kids all over the world out of poverty. Y'all, this is an incredible opportunity that we have to sponsor kids and help them not only have food and get an education and have clothing, but also have the opportunity to hear the gospel and help them grow and develop to be all of who God has called them to be. If you go to the link below, which is Compassion.com slash Emma, you can see pictures of tons of different kids that out of these groups of kids that desperately need our help, you can choose a child, therefore you know what they look like. And not only are you helping them by all of those means across the world, but you're also able to personally invest into their lives and stay in touch to them via letters where you can encourage them and build them up and know that there's somebody across the world who's thinking of them, praying for them, and they care about them. This is an incredible Incredible opportunity that, like I said, I believe will be world changing. So guys, the link is below compassion.com slash Emma, and you can donate today, just $38 a month. That's all. I love you. So whenever we talk about new year's resolutions yeah, and like take mine, for instance, mm-hmm. morning prayer, evening prayer. And I just told you that for some reason, you know, I love the Lord with all my heart, but prayer has been one of those things that I am not good at. Yeah. I just am not good at it. And like, it, it, I don't know why. I have no reason to be able to tell you, here's the reason. Like, I don't know. It's one of those areas that I've really struggled with. What's the likelihood that I, that struggle is going to go away? Because I have decided that this year will be different. <laughs> Not very likely. Not very likely. Yeah. I'm already knowing that I'm probably going to fail at this. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to blow this. And so there's probably listeners out there, um, people that are watching this and are like, well, why in the world do we even make these resolutions? And I, I get it. But go back to the paradigm shift. 
Why are we making the resolution? Is it to create the new suddenly in our life? Or is it to create a new goal in which we are trying to aim, shoot, adjust, aim, shoot, adjust, aim, shoot, adjust. Like that is the process of resolution. And so in that, the failure is a part of it. So beautiful. And so it's asking the questions like, why was today different? Why did I not pray today? I didn't get up at my normal time. I wasn't feeling well or the dog had to be fed right then. (laughs) You know, there are different aspects of it. It's like, okay, was this me or was this the situation in life? Because even that has completely different ramifications, right? Mm -hmm. Being able to understand what brought about the failure is a huge part of being able to adjust and continue to create the new. Oh, it makes me think of just the whole sanctification process like being conformed to look more and more like jesus and eventually whenever he returns and we're with him face to face like we will like it will be full we will be like glorified with like with the lord it's called glorification i think and but that doesn't happen until we are with the lord and this journey here in our earthly bodies has come to an end and so even in the concept of New Year's resolutions, like I want to always continue to set goals and I want to always like set forth things that I can improve on and things I can lean into and things that I can sharpen and grow from and learn from because life in and of itself is a process of looking more like Jesus, that God promises he's going to finish that work in me, but it didn't happen the moment that I surrendered my life to Christ. That's when it started. Yeah. That just even just that, like wanting that instant gratification of like, I don't want to struggle anymore. I don't want to wrestle with this sin anymore. I don't want like, but it's like, I'm so glad you don't want that anymore. But lean into the process of continuing to surrender it to the Lord. And that leads me to something I want to talk about is forgiveness. Because we're talking about how our identity in Christ is now a new creation and God has forgiven our us of all of our sins, cleanse us of all our unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that we, maybe we do actually take him at his word in that, but I don't know if we actually forgive ourselves right. or we think that we actually grasp the depth of what that even means. And therefore it's hard to step forward into those new things that we're wanting to grow in. Yep. So I want to talk about forgiveness because I feel like you're going to share some really good stuff. Well, so a couple things there. So let's let's set this up and then we'll move into the forgiveness conversation because okay. it's hard to talk about forgiveness without referencing at least a little bit with resentment towards other people versus regret of ourselves. And I know we've, we've talked a little bit about regret and I want to stay in there because those are usually the, the things that keep us from being intentional with the resolutions that we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would be doing a disservice if I didn't at least touch on the resentment piece as well. Cool. cool. The other side of that is the, the idea of this process and where that comes from. Um, because one of the things you talked about is like, I don't want to struggle with this sin anymore, right? Mm-hmm. It's like this idea of God, take this thorn from me. Yet, what did he tell Paul? My grace is sufficient, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it's like, okay, hold on a second. We don't know what that's referencing. We have no idea what the thorn is. There's a lot of people that have different ideas of what that might be. But, it, but it's clear that whatever it is, it was causing an issue uh, and he wanted it gone and... God's like, nope, nope, not yet. Uh, it's serving a purpose. Mm. And so going back to this idea of temptation, it was like, why would God allow me to be tempted? Mm. Right? <sighs> Get into some sketchy areas <laughs> here, right? Like, like, what if the temptation itself was serving a purpose? Mm. Uh, and, and a couple of reasons why I, I go back to this idea. Number one, Matthew four, Mm -hmm. Jesus is being tempted. 
at first look, this looks like the most ridiculous waste of time that that Satan can can do, right? Like this, yeah. like saying there has to be something better you can do with your time than try to tempt the Son of God, right? <laughs> yeah, like this looks ridiculous, and yet there was something about this temptation that was drawing to Jesus. If not, then like it would not, in under definition, be a temptation, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, the process of, of that temptation, it was important um, for him to go through. You know, there's a lot of different reasons probably why that, that is so, uh, and a lot of information about the temptation of Jesus. But I just want to just address the fact that the process itself mm-hmm. was there, okay? And then link that to us. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, right? We know that verse, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. Yeah. Right? And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but will provide a way out Yeah. so that you might stand under it. Right? Okay. So there are oh, lots <laughs> of stuff there. It's like, okay. So he's, so, not, I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not taking that away, right? It's like, oh, okay, I'll keep that from you. Mm-hmm. But the temptation itself has some sort of purpose. And Jesus himself is tempted. And it, it talks about after the temptation, angels came and ministered him, strengthened him, right? He had just fasted for 40 days. There was a, a lot of weakness there physically. Uh, so there, there was some sort of purpose of happening there. And then we look at 1 Corinthians 10 and we see he's not just taking the temptation away. We look over here at, at Paul. Paul, you know, I think in 2 Corinthians, when he talks about the thorn in his flesh and, mm-hmm. and God's just not going and, and plucking it out. And there you go. <laughs> Dealt yeah. with, you know, all he's better. not <laughs> all better. It, no, it's still there. Yeah. So it's like, OK, hold on a second. There is something about the struggle that's that's important. Hmm. There's something about the struggle that's important. And so if we look at resolution and say there shouldn't be a struggle. We're missing a huge piece. Wow. So let's go back to the regret. Mm-hmm. Okay. The regret piece is this idea that there should be no struggle. And the fact that I'm struggling is something bad about me. Mm-hmm. Something wrong with me. Something not good enough about me. If I was up to snuff, then there wouldn't be a struggle. And this wouldn't be an issue, obviously, right? But we're taking this idea of the struggle and saying that it's not important, that it doesn't play a part when everything we're seeing in Scripture is not There's pointing so to that. There's so much in Scripture it's about so like, much. the like we boast all the more in our in our suffering and like you know, so you may be mature and complete, like consider it all joy when you face trials of many kinds. Like that's. All throughout the word. Yeah. Acts wow. 5 is one of the most confusing scriptures. I always, I always thought it was one of because it was, uh, it talks about the, I forget, uh, 521. It's somewhere in, in chapter 5 of Acts where it says uh, the uh, disciples were flogged and then they went away yeah. rejoicing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like rejoicing a minute. to be like considered worthy of suffering yes. for the yes. name. Yes. And so being yeah. able to say, okay, look, there's something to this struggle idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so if we're going to look at regret and this idea of forgiveness, we have to look at it through a new lens, a new paradigm, uh, instead of this devaluing of self whenever mm-hmm. we don't do or whenever we even face struggle or we're regretful of the things that we've faced or done. And that's why I wanted to go back and kind of lay some groundwork there. I'm really glad you did. So with that in mind, there's some sort of purpose in the struggle. Let's move forward into this idea of resentment and regret, because both of those things are are key factors whenever we start talking about forgiveness. I love this conversation. Wow. So regret We've talked about before because regret mm-hmm. is focused which way? Me. Yeah, it's focused inward. It's focused yep. towards me. It's focused on what I should have done. I shouldn't have done. I could have done better. I didn't do good enough. All of those things, right? Mm-hmm. Resentment is focused. On you. Uh, yeah, it's outward. It's outward. Yeah. And so it's like the things that others have done to me. 
Um, and it, it's folks the matter. Yes. Yeah. So the, the resentment is usually that first key piece that leads to bitterness, which mm-hmm. usually leads to loneliness, which usually leads to depression. Right. And we get into that cycle. Mm. And it's, it's just a nice, yucky soup, you know, of Ew. grossness that is. Uh, nobody likes it, but so many find themselves in it. They find themselves in it because of the world being fallen. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. so the, the the hard part is, is uh, you could do all the things right. Does it mean that you're not going to hurt? Mm. Right. Yeah. Like, you, you know, ask Jesus. Right. <laughs> He literally was perfect. And what happened? You know, that didn't work out too wow. well for him, right? Like yeah. <laughs> we saw how that, that impacted him. And he, even in scripture, he references and says, you know what? If you follow me, this is what you can expect. Hmm. There's going to be hardship. There's going to be pain. Sometimes you're not going to have a place to lay your head. You know, this is this is where this goes. Yeah. Uh, yet. I don't know. There's probably many places where this comes from. There's this expectation of um, kind of the prosperity gospel type idea that if I give my life to the Lord, then everything should be good. And if things aren't going good, then I should. Then maybe there's something I didn't do or maybe there's something I I should have prayed more. I should have read my Bible more. I I wasn't nice to this person. This idea that Mm -hmm. this plus this should equal this. Yeah. Darn, it's not how that works, Mm-mm. right? Um, and no. we've talked about that with the difference of Jonah and Jeremiah. We've talked about that with the difference of uh, of looking at uh, all the different uh, apostles and their different personalities and, and how, you know, Jesus didn't just choose uh, all the learned men. You know, you got fishermen, you got tax collectors, you got, you know, uh, people from all different walks of life that he's chose for reasons of connection, Mm. for reasons of relationship, because the people that are out there are going to relate to them differently. So going back to this idea of struggle, a regret, Mm -hmm. have you ever had this experience, Emma, on your podcast where you start talking about some of the things that you personally have struggled with? And then in the comments, they're like, oh, my word, I'm so glad you talked about this because this is something I've been struggling with. I thought I was the only one. Yes. So Mm -hmm. that is what we call points of connection. Mm -hmm. There are relational things that can happen through struggle, through hardship. One of the most hard but beautiful things that I experienced this this past year was the relationships that I have with friends of mine that have experienced deep sadness and grief or loss of a loved one. Yeah. And whenever, you know, uh, my dad passed mm-hmm. away, your papa passed away, that moment, I had one individual that just came and sat with mm-hmm. me and didn't say a word, just sat there. And I knew that they knew, and he knew that I knew that he knew, and we didn't say a word. Didn't have to. Because mm-hmm. there wasn't a good thing to say. Yeah. So it wasn't there. But the importance was not in what was said. The importance was in the connection of the relationship, the experience of what was taking place there. And that experience was hard, mm-hmm. not fun. Yet I was closer to this person than ever before through that experience. And I know that's hard for us to to accept, uh, but the idea that hardship itself has purpose. So when we get into the question of forgiveness, whenever we're focusing forgiveness outwardly because of resentment that we have towards other people or forgiveness inwardly because of the regret that we're holding ourselves uh, captive to, Mm -hmm. um, there's going to be a difficult decision that you have to make to surrender that which you feel and do the thing that you know is right. And it's not even about right, really. Is it's more about that you know is good for you, mm. um, because if you allow your 
actions to be dictated by your feelings, you will never get out of this loop. You yeah. won't. If you're waiting, as if you're in a place of depression and you're waiting to feel better about going and interacting with other people, it will not happen. If you're waiting to feel better about going outside, going and exercising and being involved and engaging in interactions and relationships with others at work and in, in, in your social life, like it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so you have to intentionally do what you know you need to do, even though you don't feel like doing it. Yeah. It's like the, even just with the Lord, like if I don't feel like opening up the word today, if I don't, if I act on that, I can get like, that does, doesn't, it's not going to benefit your walk with the Lord. It's yeah. yeah. Just in the concept of faith. I think sometimes we think if I'm not feeling it, then something's wrong. And that's just not the case that feelings will come. And that's awesome. But on the days that I'm not feeling it, that doesn't mean that I don't need to lean into it. So the name of your podcast is Faith Comes from Hearing, right? Yeah. The so have you heard from the that Have verse. you heard, yeah. Mm-hmm. This idea of hearing, this idea of, of faith coming from that hearing. It doesn't say faith comes from you feeling good about what you're hearing or faith feels good good about hearing what you agree with or faith. I feel good about the faith that I'm receiving because of how I'm hearing. It's just faith through hearing. And who knows what condition you are in, in that state. it's like, sometimes I approach the altar Mm -hmm. in a place. I'm like, yes, I'm so excited to be able to give this to the Lord. Sometimes I approach the altar and I feel like I don't even deserve to be there. And so like that state is irregardless. Mm-hmm. What, what is uh, important is the fact that I am there. Yeah. You showed up. You showed up. And so forgiveness. What is forgiveness? Any ideas? Oh, it's funny how you use a word all the time, but then whenever somebody asks you to define it, mm-hmm. this is why like, I asked this. How do I explain to you? I feel like it's almost the word that comes to my mind is a release. Like I, I'm no longer um, holding this against you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm no longer holding this this resentment within my heart that release comes to mind. So let's stick with this idea of release Mm -hmm. and no longer holding. Why would you let go of something and release something? Why would you do that? Because it's not benefiting you to hold it and it's unnecessarily heavy. So it's not benefiting you. What else? Let's say there is a boiling pot of hot water water and you're holding it, what is it doing? It's burning. It's burning you, right? There's pain in the process of holding that. And so maybe I'm putting this down because I don't want to hurt my hands anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. So uh, the reason why I ask about forgiveness is so many people hold on to this idea that they can't forgive because that other person doesn't deserve it. And forgiveness has zero to do with the other person deserving it. Mm. Forgiveness has zero to do with you deserving it. That that piece is important because if we're waiting for the other person to somehow prove themselves. Or to feel it. mm -hmm, You see where I'm going with this. It's not going to happen, right? Yeah. So there's this idea of understanding that forgiveness is something that is healthy for me. Mm. And so when I forgive others or I forgive myself, there's an act of surrender, almost like a cutting out of the old dead wood or the infection that is hurting and setting it outside so that healing can take place. And mm. that's the importance of forgiveness. The iniquity, the sin that is there, Jesus did what he did, 
creates an opportunity for the blood to atone mm-hmm. so that we might be forgiven. Yeah. Forgiveness creates opportunity for healing. Why do we need healing? Right? Mm-hmm. Because there's damage there. There's hardship there. There's stuff that we have been impacted by or affected by in our life, whether it's by others or it's by ourselves, mm-hmm. that has created this uh, destructive thought pattern and has kept us away from being able to allow ourselves to operate in this place of healing. So you want to wreck your resolutions real quick, uh, create a paradigm where you can't mess up. And if you do mess up, you're going to blame yourself for not being good enough in some way Mm -hmm. and not forgive yourself and hold it against you or take that and justify it by pointing the finger at other people and continuing to have that resentment towards others. You will not stick to any type of resolution. That's the way to not go about that is. your New Year's resolution. Yes. Man. So this idea of forgiveness, let's let's bring this home, as okay. it were. Okay. So whenever we're looking at forgiveness in and of itself, to be able to move towards a place of having a resolution so that we can work to improve ourselves and, and continue to grow. Mm-hmm. Growth. Growth. That's the focus. Forgiveness, as we see it, needs to be a place of healing, whether it's inward or outward. Mm -hmm. We talked a little bit about the two uh, words uh, that are in the Bible used specifically for for healing, uh, for forgiveness, excuse me. Uh, Salah and Nasah. Guys, this is really cool. (laughs) So I want to first off say I am not a Hebrew scholar, so (laughs) don't butcher me for the pronunciations uh, of those particular words. Um, I got almost all this information uh, from uh, Worthington's book, uh, Forgiveness and Reconciliation, and also uh, Dr. Van Rackley, which was one of my professors, um, at Harding, he also did his dissertation on forgiveness. Uh, and the understanding of these two words were key hmm. in being able to get to a place of healing. Get uh, ready, guys. This, this is good. <laughs> I agree. Because hmm. it was, it was, it was, it was, um, it was just earth shattering for me and how I saw the need for healing and forgiveness. Nasa is this idea of forgiveness that we offer each other and also God offers us, but there's a remembering of what's happened, uh, what's happening that takes place. Salah is this idea, and and in the Bible it's only attributed to God, Uh, but this idea of wiping the slate clean, Hmm. washed as white as snow, right? It's this idea of forgetting. It's gone. Yet we've identified so many times whenever we have to forgive that we need to do what? We forgive and forget. We forgive and forget. Or is what we say. Right. (laughs) But do we do that? (laughs) Like who's forgetting, right? Uh, Nobody. We're remembering. That's a piece of it. And so instead of this idea of forgive and forget, it's this idea of forgiving even though we don't forget. What does that look like? How do we do that and, and still move into a place of healing, knowing the things that have happened to us or the things that we have done. Yeah. And it goes back to this idea of um, Paul, not Paul, excuse me, Peter, Mm -hmm. um, whenever he's asking Jesus, uh, how many times do I forgive? Seven times? You know, he's trying to get a number. Uh, and I, we were laughing earlier because, uh-huh. um, you know, there's some guy, you know, Jonah over there that's been cheating on, you know, these taxes or some, some, he's been getting, he's been getting yeah, yeah. There's something he's doing that's getting on Peter's nerves and, and Peter's like, okay, look, I mean, I forgave him six times. Am I good? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm trying to follow along here, but how many times I'm doing this? Uh-huh. And Jesus says 70 times seven. And it's not about a number. The key piece to that is like, Peter, you're going to remember every single time. Mm-hmm. You know, Peter remembered the other six times. That's why he's asking about the seventh, right? Yeah. It didn't change the fact that he did forgive. It didn't mean that he didn't forgive. 
what Jesus is speaking about is saying there's something important about the relationship with this individual that creates the process of forgiveness as a part of the relationship. Mm. And that's hard. That's yeah. the struggle. Back to the struggle. You don't have the best feels. No, no. And it's going to be hard. But there is something going back to Jonah, right? There's something that Jonah's struggling with that has got him by the neck. Mm-hmm. And then it's not letting go. And Jesus is saying, Peter, don't abandon him now. I yeah. know it's seven times, but it's got him. Mm-hmm. You know how it is whenever you're struggling with something and you're trying to make it right and you keep messing it up. Don't leave him in that. And while we can understand that in the concept of us trying to support others, even though that might be hard. Yeah. When it comes to us looking inwardly to ourselves, how willing are we to be just as gracious, just as forgiving with our own struggle of whatever it is that has us by the neck, even so much to so that we're trying to create New Year's resolutions around them? Yeah. So the biggest thing I want people to be able to hear from this is give yourself from grace Not in order to make it okay when you mess up, Mm -hmm. but to be able to create a completely new paradigm of changing that narrative from perfection and expectation of perfection to a bending the metal Mm -hmm. or a setting your sights on that goal and doing what is necessary to hit the target. And making that growth, those changes that create that growth in your life. It's a process. It's a process. It's a process. I'll leave you with this. One of my favorite authors of all time is Brandon Sanderson. Mm -hmm. He's a fantasy uh, um, author. And uh, one of his books series that he does is the Stormlight Archive series. And there's a phrase that he has in there that is spoken throughout the whole uh, series and it's journey before destination, mm-hmm. journey before destination. And, and that p- idea is key to this um, intentionality that you're doing whenever you approach and, and set a resolution. It's journey before destination. It's not about making that resolution just happen. Yeah. It's the journey of what that resolution in that new year is going to do, what that's going to look like uh, throughout the year. Yeah. And so to really look at that in December and say, wow, you know, March and April were rough. Why? What was going on? Mm-hmm. Picked it back up in May. Man, there was huge progress in this. What was I doing that was helpful? It's asking those questions that creates the change that you've been seeking for the whole time. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's it. Mm. That's this is this has blessed me, and I feel like y'all may have hopped on here and thought it would be a conversation about okay, where am I going to travel this year? What foods am I going to make sure I try? What diet am I going to get on? What workouts am I going to commit to? And like all of those types of typical New Year's resolution conversations. But I wanted to go a different route here because you can talk about all the new plans and all the new goals that you have. But if we don't address these root things that actually enable us to step into those things with a healthy mindset, in a way that honors the Lord and honors ourself and is productive and has longevity. And if we don't address these root issues, then that's not going to be possible. And it's going to last maybe a month and a half. And so whatever new goals that you have, I hope that this podcast equipped you to do it enthusiastically unto the Lord at a root level, at a heart level, at a deep mind level. Um, Just, I hope it helps you grow in health (laughs) as you step into this new year. Y'all are so stinking loved. And if you are watching on YouTube, be sure and get thumbs up, subscribe, comment down below what your new year's resolution is and how this encouraged you to step into it in a healthy way. 
And also, um, share with us what content you'd like us to lean into in this new year. And if you are listening on Apple or Spotify, be sure and download, rate, review, share it with all your people, because I'm sure all your people are thinking through what their New Year's is going to look like and how they're going to step into it. So I hope it blesses them. And on Instagram, you can follow us at haveyouheard underscore podcast. And you can follow me at 1 Corinthians 13 underscore love. I love y'all so much. Me and Uncle Josh love y'all so much. Josh, thank you for being on the podcast with Thank me. you for having me. It was You're so welcome. much fun. It was so fun and his yes. voice is so calming. So I hope it soothes you. <laughs> y'all have a good one. I pray blessings and encouragement and a deepening of faith over your life today. Be sure to subscribe, rate, give reviews, and go share this episode with all of your people so that we can continue to build our community and build our faith. Thank you for tuning in to the Have You Heard podcast, and don't forget how awesome you are.